Hey guys, welcome to the Improvement Podcast, where the mission is to help young men develop their character, identity, and mindset in order to activate their potential and achieve their goals in life. So on today's episode, we have on another special guest. His name is Kevin Benavides, and he is a transformational coach. Thank you for coming to the show, Kevin. Thanks for having me on, Kamani. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to today's conversation. Me too, man. Yeah, so just to give uh, the listeners a little bit more background information about you, uh, could you tell them a little bit more about what you do? Yeah, for sure. I'm a transformational coach for men, uh, supporting men to sort of master their mind and their emotions, heal from the past so that they can step into their authentic self, their authentic power and potential in their life. Um, so it's working with men one-on-one um, and in group settings to um, really get to learn and to discover who they truly are by moving through the obstacles from their past that has covered up, um, again, their poten- their potential, their true self, um, their ability to be a true, healthy uh, male. Um, and so, you know, it's just really uh, a lot of the, the main things I focus on supporting men with is um, really uh, becoming more emotionally mature, uh, emotionally intelligent, healing from the stuff from the past that is still holding them back, uh, from today uh, in today. Um, I deal with a lot of men who, who have issues with, uh, people pleasing or what I would call the nice guy syndrome. Uh, so being able to find rediscover their, their self-worth and their confidence and, uh, stand in, again, standing in their, their true power. Um, it's hard to do that when you don't feel worthy. And therefore, we live in certain ways and act in certain ways because we feel unworthy of ourselves as men. And so, um, you know, those are the things that I really focus in on uh, with my coaching. Yeah, so it's great that you do that sort of work. Uh, One thing I'll say is that, you know, as you know, it's very important and I think it's something that's extremely needed for a lot of guys. But um, one question I like to ask you to follow that up is what was it that made you decide to get into that space? What was the catalyst uh, that made you realize the importance of it and decide that you were going to be the guy to help guys uh, come to those come to those uh, conclusions? Yeah, great question. It's it was basically my own personal journey, my own transformation, which started um, in 2013. Uh, to make a long story short, just um, I always lived with anxiety. Um, I just didn't really know it. And then my dad got really sick and we, I thought he was going to pass away. And because of that, my anxiety levels skyrocketed, couldn't really function, uh, very well for, for months on end, which brought down, brought in depression. And then also the, the fact that I thought my dad was going to pass away. Um, a lot of stuff from my childhood came up. So it was like an emotional and mental shitstorm, as I say, for like six months. And so, um, at the end, towards the end of those six months, I made a decision to do something different. And that different was to really take an inner journey within myself to, to um, truly heal the root of what was happening. And so that included, you know, mindfulness practices, uh, mindfulness meditation was huge for me. Um, and then just open the person who supported me, opened the doors to like spirituality and personal development and all that stuff that I had never even considered or even knew about. And so that just propelled me to my growth and and changing my life 
and that just continued years on year, year in, year in and year out. Uh, my passion became that. My passion became to be become a better man and to share that. I was just so, um, so interested in sharing what I was learning, and so that's what I was doing for years and years. I was sharing online, uh, similar to what I do today, but it was just just broadly whatever I was dealing with, and um, and then you know a couple of years ago what I really wanted for myself was um, to t- not just talk about this online, but to support people one-on-one um, with this so that I could support them in their life. And so that's when I thought, you know, I want to be a coach and then, you know, things came, things went on. And then I've eventually decided, um, you know, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go out and um, make coaching my, my career. And when I did that, I had to decide, you know, who am I going to support? What am I going to support them with? So I decided men, because I think that it's, there is not as many people out there that specifically deal with the issues that men um, deal with in their life from that perspective, from the male perspective. And basically there's just what I've gone through is what I support my uh, men with. So um that's really the catalyst. The catalyst was my own personal growth and, and journey um, and wanting and my desire and my passion to, to support other human beings to improve upon themselves in their life. So I'm sure that a lot of people that do this similar stuff to you, they can probably relate to that. I know I can even sure. relate to a degree because you know that was a similar catalyst that I had my own personal development and getting into doing improvement, doing the podcast. But um, one question I'd like to ask you to kind of follow up a little bit on like your personal journey is um, I know that you make a lot of uh, content about the father wound and that sort of thing, like not having that um, emotional availability and that sort of thing and how it affects young guys. And so I wanted to ask, was that something that you felt in that experience you had with your dad whenever his health was declining? Is that, sorry, can you repeat the, the question? Yeah. So you talk about the father wound a lot in your content. And something I wanted to ask you was that, uh, did you kind of feel like the same absence whenever uh, your father was going through his health issues? Yeah, I think the absence was before then, right? Like my Uh whole upbringing. That's why I talked about like things from my childhood came up because I just like unconsciously was living with these things and they didn't know how it affected me. Um, So the father wound was, yeah, what I, what I lacked from, uh, from him during my childhood, adolescence, right? Until I was an adult. And I had a, a decent relationship with him. But it was just, for me, it was like when when he was really sick, I just, I, I remember the night very clearly coming home from the hospital and like just breaking down. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose my dad. And I never had a dad. That's what really hit me. And I never thought about that. And it's like, I, of course I had a dad. I've seen him. I see him multiple times a week and stuff, but it was the fact that like what I needed from him as a dad, I never got. And it's like, uh, and now he's going to be gone. At least that was my thinking. And so that's what opened me up to like, what the heck, what am I talking about? Like, what is this? And then all these things from my childhood came up and it's, it's not that he, it's not physical abuse or anything like, it's just that neglect of emotions, that that neglect of connection. Um, Right. Um, And that's what, for me was there and that's what I had to look into and, and heal because that created who I became. Um, so 
yeah, I think I hope that answers your your question. Yeah, definitely. And so I'm sure that a lot of people listening can relate to that. And one thing I'll say is that there are a lot of times there are like, you know, there's a, a habit work that people will have, you know, even mainly people that haven't had fathers where they'll find some sort of way to discredit fathers and talk about how you know, they don't offer value that they're not necessarily needed. And so, yeah. you know, for you to have one uh, and I can relate, you know, similar situation, getting that emotional neglect, you could say from my father, being able to look and have a father present and still be able to see, you know, the value that could have been offered that was supposed to be in and not being there. I think uh, now being an adult and kind of moving through life, it gives me a better appreciation for what a good father is supposed to be. And it gives me motivation to make sure I provide that to my uh, future kids. I, I'm sure that you probably feel the same. hundred percent. I, I became a, a father young in my early twenties and, and uh, that's, that was like a, a driving motivation. It was sort of conscious and a little bit unconscious uh, of just like, I'm going to be a completely different dad than my dad was for me. Um, and I, and I strived to be the, that father like that I didn't have. Um, but then I also, the interesting part was when I, st- when I, this thing happened in 2013, I started to, and as the time went by, I started to realize that actually I became like my dad in other ways that I wasn't even conscious of, like the way that I, I dealt with my emotions and I, reacted instead of responded and all these things and it was just like so interesting to see how i tried so hard to be not like him when i actually became much like him in other ways right um Mm -hmm. but yeah it's interesting for me so those uh those habits i guess you could say uh that he had they ended up getting passed down to you that's what you're saying yeah yeah, some of them. Yeah, some of them. Right. And I guess it's not surprising because, you know, kind of reflecting on my own personal situation, I can say, yeah, that, that neglect that came from my dad, maybe not providing that emotional support that you might need as like a growing kid. It kind of forces you to develop maybe some of those same habits that they're using that are forcing this on you where, you know, to compartmentalize things or to act like things don't bother you or to get angry, you know, seeing him do those same things. And yep. not provide me with the emotional support that I needed. It really left me only the option to pick up those same sorts of habits, I guess you could say. And so when you frame it that way and say that you ended up doing some of those same things, it's really tough because, you know, of course, you talked about not wanting to be that same sort of person, but that's really the only type of uh, stuff that you have in your toolbox at that point. Unless like you can consciously pinpoint some of these things you might have picked up that are negative. And we're able to change them. But, you know, maybe sometimes, especially until you have a kid, uh, you might not realize some of those things are an issue within you until you get put in those tough spots. Yeah, I know. Everything I did was unconscious until that time in my life. Mm -hmm. Like I was already a father for, oh, maybe five or six years when when all the stuff went down with me and I had no clue how I was. I was just. I was living life unconsciously, just living life based on what society and my family said I was supposed to live. And then it was like a smack in the face, right? Like, wow, wow, look at it. What, look what I'm doing. Look how I'm behaving. And it's not that I was a horrible man. I was great. I I would say I was a great father, but still it's just like, oh, I could, I could do better here. I can, you know what I mean? Just knowing that this is not the best way to go about it. is really what came for me. It was just, yeah, just 
being able to to acknowledge that okay i can do better here and so what is there how do i do that what's the steps for that and at the end of the day it's it is parent like saying parenting it's not really just parenting it's parenting yourself <laughs> when i was able to reparent myself then i can parent my my kids differently so yeah it definitely makes sense you know and especially if that was before the time you got into the work you do now with your personal development uh yeah. really can't blame yourself because one thing that one thing i had to think about and you know have some sort of like empathy and, for, and forgiveness with was the fact that, you know, even though a lot of decisions that he made, you know, were conscious, you know, the the mechanisms in the toolbox, like I said before, using that same term, like looking at my own father, these weren't things where he was, you know, going out of his way to say, I want to have this sort of effect on my kid. And so you kind of have to give yourself the same benefit of doubt where, hey, you don't know better uh, until you actually learn what's the right thing to do. And then, yeah, yeah. at that point, uh, if you're deciding not to take those steps to be a better guy and to develop more emotional intelligence and be more supportive than yet. That's kind of bad, but when you're ignorant, you're just ignorant, right? Yeah. I think it's, it's a hundred percent that way. It's it just, you don't know, excuse me. You don't, it's not that you're in your awareness and it's not like you said, not like, Oh, I'm doing this purposely to my kids. Cause I want to No, it's just, just the way that you operate, the way that you're going through life due to, what you've experienced, but it's when that light bulb goes off and you see it, that it's like, then it becomes a conscious choice. But before, um, it, it wasn't a conscious choice. And so, um, when you're in this process, it's also important because a lot of us, many of us have done things that now we look back, we're not really proud of. Mm -hmm. And something that I even said to a client yesterday is like, if you, if you could have done better, you would have done better. Right. Cause he's like, Oh, you know, it just like repeating the cycle of that guilt and that shame towards ourselves. And we can't even move move forward because we're carrying that burden of like, fuck, I still, I messed up. And, um, and look, it's still coming back to bite me, but it's like, yeah, but you're making the changes now. You couldn't make those changes. Cause if, if you had the, if, because the person you are today would not make those same mistakes from the past. Right. So in the past, when you made those mistakes, you had no capability of, of shifting and changing. And some people are like, well, that's a, a cop out or just an excuse to do bad things. No, it's not. But it's when we look back and we're in this journey of healing and growing and becoming a better man, we need to be able to do that, to really just have that perspective of like, hey, I did the best that I could. But look what I'm where I am right now. Look what I'm choosing to do right now. And that's what's important. Because today, when I look at this, uh, you know, I'm on a different path than what I was before. And when you're able to have that acceptance, um, acceptance brings forgiveness. You cannot have forgiveness if you cannot accept that thing that happened. So if you can accept yourself and accept who you were and what you did, then that leads you to the you know, eventually being able to forgive yourself. We have to accept, hey, I messed up. You know, I didn't do better. I know I didn't do better, but it is what it is. Like, I have to accept that that happened. And instead of just like, I wish it was different. Look what I did. And you just continue that, uh, that negative dialogue within yourself, right? Beating yourself up. Um, so 
yeah, I think that's really important um, in this in that journey, right? When you start to recognize these things, is is just having some compassion and understanding towards yourself. Hey, I love that, and uh, the reason why is because I felt the same way once I started to come to these realizations, and I started to notice how maybe some of my shortcomings and my development were affecting the people that I cared about around me. I started to think back on some of those instances where I probably hurt people and, and failed them. I don't have kids, but um, so I guess, you know, luckily it hasn't happened to my kids, but uh, just thinking about some of the ways that I felt the people around me that, that cared about me, uh, it definitely did make it to where I was pretty guilty and it took a while to get over some things. But now that I'm working through that process to be a better man, you know, it's something that I was able to, to be at ease with eventually. And so I appreciate you uh, mentioning that. And so to help the guys that, you know, might be dealing with similar situations, but maybe don't have that awareness, I think something that'd be really helpful is if we could define or like, you know, talk about maybe some of the traits or the signs, you know, that somebody might have a father wound. And so if you don't mind, could we like kind of maybe drill down into that and maybe talk about some of the specific things that people might be able to look at and say, you know, that's something I might be able to relate to? Yeah, some of the signs is... Well, first is your relationship with your emotions, right? Mm -hmm. If you're emotionally unavailable, um, emotionally reactive, I can almost guarantee you that that dysregulation with your emotions, that disconnection with your emotions is because you didn't have a healthy father figure to teach you. Perhaps you had a father figure that taught you, like, you know, that men just blow up or that you don't deal with your emotions, all that masculine, like the masculinity sort of um, perception, right? Right. So if you're living in those ways today where you don't, you know, you have this idea of what masculinity is and, and it's, it's not helpful. It's not helping you, you know, perhaps there's, there's a father wound there. Um, one aspect that of a father wound that many people in general and specific men don't think about is when you become that nice guy, when you are that people pleaser, there, there is uh, a big um, opportunity or chance that you had a father wound because the nice guy becomes a nice guy because one of the reasons is because he didn't have that father figure to teach him how to be a man and, you know, how to live life that way. And then because whether you had him, whether he was physically present or um, whether he was physically present or not physically present, but if he wasn't there again, the way that you needed him to, or you saw that what he did was um, hurting others. And so you decided I'm not going to be like my dad because I don't, you know, he's causing pain to me, to my, to my mom, to these other people. Like you can see that whatever the way he's living, he, um, he's not a role model. You know, when you're a kid, you're like, I don't want to be like that. So you, you associate masculinity or being a man as bad. So you sort of like cut yourself off to, um, that part of yourself. And then what you do is then you, and if you don't have that, um, loving connection with him, you still need that loving connection. So what do you do? You turn to the women in your life. And so now all you do is you learn to to get that love and approval and acceptance from the females in your life. And then as you grow up, that's how we people, one of the, well, me, 
one of the main reasons why men people please is because they're trying to change who they are so they get the approval and validation and love from the women, from the females. And so if, so if you're living as a nice guy, there's almost a guarantee that there's some sort of father wound there. Um, but there's so many, there, there, there is so many different ways. Like if you, if you have a hard time with anger, we, we talked about, or I talked about uh, emotions in general, but if you have a hard time with uh, dealing with your anger, where did that anger come from? Could, could it come from, um, again, your father, right? What you got, or you didn't get what you saw, or you didn't see happen. Um, and that builds up over time. And so that built up of anger that comes out so easily could be, could come back to the fact that you have a father wound, even a lack of confidence could be that. Um, it could be even, it could be even like people who are trying to be successful, right? I'm just going off the top of my head of these li a list of different things. Some men who try to be successful and, you know, get all the money and the, and the big cars and all these things, or the business and have the successful business. They're doing that because they want to get the validation from their father, who is pro probably still around, that they never got when they were younger, which is a father wound. So they're acting in ways and they're living in ways to still get the still get the love that they never got from their dad. Or maybe their dad was success oriented and that's the only way they, they got love from them was when they did something good, when they achieved something when they were younger. So now they're trying to achieve still in their life because if i achieve of course it's not conscious but unconsciously if i achieve then maybe my dad will give me the love that i'm looking for so you could you could really sum it up to say it's like a sense of inferiority where guys feel like they need to prove themselves in some sort of way yeah. you know whether it's yeah. acting in the macho way or you know from getting approval from others you know maybe their father or from women in a certain type of way just trying to have something that makes them feel like they're they're worthy i guess you could say 100 percent. yeah okay yeah. but i think again it's like that's this it's a big one is the disconnection from your emotions mm -hmm. an inability to to deal with your emotions in healthy ways i think a lot of that stems from not having again that role model that male role model of how to to deal with that stuff right how to deal with your emotions and and the, I think it's just the pain, right? Like if you're addicted, right? If you have addictive, um, uh, like if you have an addictive personality in the sense that, sense that you go and you're, you're, you're using something over and over and over again to cope with, with what you're dealing with in your life. Again, that's the, the root of that could come back to your father wound. So much of what we deal with at the end of the day, uh, it comes from where, you know, our first relationship, which our first relationship was with our mom and with our dad. And again, it's, this is not to blame our parents. This is not, you know, doing any of that stuff, but you have to get to the root of whatever you're struggling with in your life right now. It's always, the important is always getting to the root. The important thing is always getting to the root. And again, the root will be where you where life started in your childhood and what you saw and what you learned from those people and so you know i talk about the father wound on my page but 
for the most part, men that reach out, they don't go to me, hey, I got a father wound. Um, I need to heal this. Some do. Some say, you know, you know, I know that I have all I have a really bad relationship with my dad and this is affecting my life. There are the few that say that. But for the mo- most part, they talk about their confidence. They talk about their addiction. They talk about the fact that they're not uh, emotionally available for their partner. And so then when we deal, start dealing with that, for me, I have to get to the root. And so when I, when we work our ways backwards, it always comes back to father or mother. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, and then healing from that is what's important. So um, I went on a tangent. I completely forgot where you are. You're good. You're good. No, we're, we're still on track. Yeah. But something else that popped into my head when you were talking about the approval from women is, you know, we, I feel like a lot of times people touch on like the nice guy side of that where, Oh, let me, you know, shape shift and be this person, you know, that's, you know, that never creates conflict or anything like that, you know, so that way I can get, you know, that pat on the back and feel like a good guy. And like, you know, I'm not as bad as how my dad is. People always talk about that. But one question I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, since this is like an area you work in is, do you think that it could be a sign of a father wound too, if guys kind of take like the opposite end of that spectrum where like they get that validation from women, but they do it like, let's say you're like using women and like, you know, having sex with a lot of women, like trying to wrap yeah. your body count, that sort of thing. Oh yeah. Same. Come. Yeah. Same thing. Just different ways that they're approaching it. Right. Mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, it, you can say it's a father wound or a mother wound, but if you look at that, why, why the need to, in this instance, why the need to sleep with so many women for all that stuff? What are you trying to get out of that? Right. You're trying to, trying to find a, a sense of worthiness and love, attachment, connection, something that you don't have with yourself. Because if you had it with yourself and you can respect yourself and love yourself, then that's going to ripple outward and you're not going to behave in those ways that you're behaving. So the, at, at the core of a, a lot of our issues is just the fact that we don't, we don't love ourselves. We don't feel worthy. We don't have that connection with self. We, again, we have that disconnection. We're like cut off to um, the depths of, of who we are and, and connecting again. If you can't connect to your emotions, you're not connecting to um, a big part of who, who you are as a human being. And if mm-hmm. we go back to um, the whole, you know, what society has taught us or our culture for the past, I don't know, maybe 100 years of what it means to be a man. If you're living in those ways and, and thinking and believing that, you know, men don't uh, don't talk about their emotions. They don't express their emotions other than, you know, anger. Anger is good, but we don't express other emotions. We don't get vulnerable. All that stuff. You're cutting yourself off from a part of who you are. And so, therefore, you can't even have that healthy relationship with yourself. So then you're trying to find that outside of you. Right. You're trying to validate your existence, your worth by like these different things, which one of the ways is, like you said, sleeping with a lot of women. One thing you said, too, that stuck out to me is, you know, developing that relationship with yourself. But one thing I would think, too, is that by you not having. Let's say, you know, those those skills or ever that you know, strong sense of self, it also affects you in the relationships that you have outside of you. I feel like it makes it extremely tough to have relationships with other healthy, productive people if that's an issue that you have. And it seems as though like 
when that part of you isn't fixed or, you know, you aren't working on it, it pretty much relegates you to only meeting. I won't say low quality people, but, you know, not you won't you aren't able to maximize your relationships. Like will attract like. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's and that's what happens. And so um, we have issues like even some men have issues with intimacy and being vulnerable. Right. That why we have intimacy issues or we're afraid of intimacy. Some men are right. Well, because we haven't been intimate with ourselves. We haven't been intimate with our fears right? With our past, with our pain. We, so because that we lack that connection, it's hard to do it outside too with mm -hmm. others. So, um, yeah, it always comes back to the us first when we can, we can work on our inner world, our connection with ourselves. everything ripples out, right? Then you, you do attract other people into our, your life, not just intimate relationships, but friendships right when you shift when you when you when you step into this path of growth be prepared for people to leave your life or that you will leave their lives because who you become doesn't it doesn't um you don't vibe in the same right either they'll be like who you know why are you this guy right yeah who is this guy <laughs> and like why don't you like the same things or it's you are going to be like, I just don't feel right in this environment anymore. Mm. It's not that you're better than them. It's just your, your interests, your values have shifted. Um, so therefore, you're like, okay, this just doesn't vibe with me anymore. I'm not going to spend time with these people. Uh, and then because of who you are and what you do and where, and where you're surrounding yourself, you're going to attract those people who are also in that same vibe, right? Right. In that same area in your life. And, and that's one of the things that um, comes up questions that I get my, with my clients when I start working with them. It's like, do I have to expect losing people in my life? I'm like, in a way, yeah, you could, it could happen, but you don't know, right? We, we can't just make that assumption, but it's, a, it's something that really does happen. When you work on yourself, people will, will uh, naturally fall off. And that's not a bad thing because for you to it's not that you'll like leave me alone i don't want to see you anymore it's just again it just doesn't like you're going to be around each other it's just not going to work anymore but do you rather just not be not be at your best to, to keep that person all right guys so, so we have to take a quick break but we'll go ahead and hop back into it all right so what were you saying i was about to say so um we see what we're going to lose, but we never see what we're going to gain. Right. Right. We're afraid of what we're going to lose the people in our lives and all these things, but we don't realize what we're going to gain in the sense of like better relationships, mm -hmm. better opportunities. We're always looking at the negative and never the positive. And then another thing that I also want to reiterate for anyone is the fact that, you could be the catalyst, your change, your transformation, your growth could be the catalyst to the people in your life's change, like your family members, your friends for their shift, their change, because they'll see it in you. You're a living example of what's possible now. And if they're in the right spot in their life, they might see, wow, if he can, if he can make these changes, maybe I can too, right? So you become 
um, you become sort of like a role model. It's not that you're doing this for that, but that's something we don't we don't realize. It's not that we we say, hey, look, I sh shifted. Come and do this. I've made these changes. You come and do it. No, everybody's on their own path, but you never know who you're going to inspire, right? So again, right. it's like, where are you looking? How are you looking at these things? And if you want to stay and keep those friends, that's fine. It's not that you have to let go of anyone, but you have to choose like, again, does this connect with who I am right now, with where I am at, right? Because sometimes, and some people are in your life just because they can get things out of you mm -hmm. because they're sort of using you. It's not a conscious thing. It's not a, something that we communicate, but once you no longer give them what they actually wanted out of you, then they're like, they don't want you around because they were only using you. And so then you actually truly see who your friends are, who your close, close connections are. Right. So I can definitely yeah, see where you're coming it's from. It's an interesting, it's an interesting um, issue or topic overall, but at the end of the day, it's focus on you and just look, look at the positives, like look at what you're going to gain in so many different areas and let that guide you. Right. Right. One thing about it is that, uh, you know, a lot of these same relationships that maybe some of those nice guys might want to preserve. Uh, most of the time, they probably aren't even getting what they want from them anyway, because I've read a book and you probably read it, too, called No More Mr. Nice Guy by Robert Glover. And one of the things that he mentions is that, you know, these nice guys think that, hey, by me always doing what I, I think other people want me to do, eventually they're going to you know go and return the favor. And he talks about in the book that it never does happen. And no, so these guys happens. get yeah. they get frustrated. Yeah. They're like, what's going on? Like, I'm, you know, revolving my whole world around making you happy. And you don't do this. You don't read my mind and do like this one thing for me. And <laughs> that was something that really That's kind of stuck out to me. I thought was pretty crazy. It's like, yeah, they really shouldn't be worried about these relationships that much because you're not even getting anything from them anyway. You're the one that's always reaching out to the people. They're always the ones asking you to do favors for them. You're never getting any sort of uh, you know benefit from this. And they talk about the nice guys and relationships. They talk about how they do all these things thinking that, you know, this is going to make their wife want to have sex with them. And most of the time that's, that's not the case, but uh, the case. yeah. Then the <laughs> yeah. resentment builds, the anger builds. This is a huge thing that I deal with. Like, this is like, my thing actually i have um there's a group that i'm specifically coaching of guys that that's what we're dealing with it's just the nice guy and um being the nice guy or breaking free from it and what you're talking about there um is a big part of that is these secret agreements or from the book they call it covert contracts mm -hmm. where we're unconsciously going through our life doing things we're giving to get we're not giving because we're giving because out of the goodness, excuse me, the goodness out of our heart. We're doing it because if I do these things, you're going to give me this back. But that person doesn't know that. You never communicated that. And like you said, I'll do all these things so that my wife sleeps with me tonight. And then she doesn't. And then the next day goes on and the next week goes on. And then that's where the conflict starts because you're doing all these things thinking, well, you should know. That if I do these things, it's because I want this back. But you never say anything. And so, again, anger, resentment, 
conflict starts. It's all because, well, one, you've, you've, um, mainly you've hidden your truth, right? Like you've hidden your, your motives or your, why you're doing things. So the important part is if you want, if that is your need, speak it, learn to speak it. But we can't, as, as the nice guy, when you're living as the nice guy, it's hard for you to do that because you're, you have a fear of rejection and abandonment and conflict. Right. And so, right. So it's hard for you to do that, but that is the steps that you have to take is to be able to start voicing and being responsible for your needs. So it doesn't mean that you're going to stop doing the dishes or cooking dinner or whatever it is, the thing that you did to get what you wanted, but you're not doing it to get something back. You're doing it because that's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Right. And they should um, stop doing it with that need to be liked as well. Like thinking, oh, okay, if I do this, then maybe people will feel this certain type of way about me. Because I think one thing it talks about in the book too, and I could be just phrasing it in my own way, but it's very hard to like actually have like a genuine attraction and, and like for a person. I'm talking about in friendships and relationships, if that person has no sort of polarity to them. And the thing about a nice guy is that they never have polarity. They always try and stay like in like the safe ground in the middle. And while it won't necessarily make somebody dislike you, there's nothing there for them to actually attract to kind of like a magnet, you know, like how it has to be polar for other magnets to attract to it. You don't have anybody actually sticking on and latching on to you. So if the nice guy, you know, probably stops talking to this friend or that friend, they probably won't even know the difference. They probably won't even uh, think to even reach out to that person again if, if the nice guy isn't the one texting them. 100%. 100% because he was the one that was always trying to make the connections and fit in. And one thing that I noticed in my past from being the nice guy, so I call myself a recovering people pleaser, a recovering nice guy, um, mm-hmm. is is the fact that I'll try to blend in with every group. Doesn't matter. Like, even if I look back in my high school years, like, I would literally go to one group of friends and be a certain way. And then I'd go, like, so the athletes and then I'd go to the to the, the it's a hard thing to say but like the nerds and you know what I mean like go to all these different groups and and just be different so that I'll be accepted in that group but I'm not even being myself so this happens with as life goes on with as you go through different stages in your life and it's just you're just different with everyone so nobody really knows who you are right and right. Well, Nobody knows who you are because in part, you don't even know who you are. But again, you can't create that, those, those real good connections and friendships because you, you'll do anything for them to just like you. And then, you know, if, if you're no longer doing, again, uh, similar to what I said earlier, if you're no longer doing that, those things, they have, they don't need you anymore in a sense, right? right. Or maybe they don't need you. They don't need, there's no value in you being around them. So that's, that's what comes into play. But I, I think what's important is that um, you, sh- you, sh- you stay true to yourself. And I'm sort of going to go off on a tangent, but it's just coming up because again, it comes up with so many of my clients is um, we, we, we're not true to ourselves. So we're not true to what we feel, what we think, what our opinions are, what we want, our desires. And we don't do that because again, we don't want to be disliked and be abandoned and not loved and all these things. 
and we think, oh, if I just not share this and just go with what this person says and agree with this, then everything's going to be okay. And I won't create that conflict. But what's actually happening is you're creating more conflict in the long run than you, than if you were just to speak your truth. When you suppress what your truth is, and I'll put the umbrella of truth as your, again, your thoughts, your, your opinions, your desires, your needs, your emotions, what's true for you. When you suppress that, the problems that it causes is, is, is crazy, crazy amount of problems in your life within yourself and within your life. Because we're trying to avoid something, but you're actually creating it even worse off. And so it's just getting into that practice for that person who resonates with this is, can you lean into that discomfort of speaking your truth? Because it's uncomfortable to be ourselves, right? You have to be, get comfortable with the uncomfortable and we're uncomfortable with being ourselves. And so can we lean into that and, you know, share that opinion? Or say, hey, this is what you, this this made me feel, or whatever that thing is, and start to see what happens because of that. Obviously, start to see what's happening within you when you're saying, when you're, when you go to speak your truth, and see what happens as a result of you speaking your truth, and see what shifts. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Hey, so that's great. So we've touched on some pretty valuable stuff in this. I think that I think the guys will get a lot of value from this conversation. And uh, one more question I'll ask you to uh, close that part of it out is for those guys that, let's say, have that father wound, think that they do, or um, those guys that suffer from nice guy syndrome that are that feel like they're doing everything for everybody else, but it's not being reciprocated. What would you say is the first step that they should take to uh, making a change? First is always going to be awareness, acknowledgement, right? Okay, like anything that we spoke, we talked about today. You're, are you like, wow, yeah, that's me. That sounds familiar. Okay, that's awareness. Now you have a choice. Awareness brings choice. So with that awareness, now you have a choice. Am I going to make a change now? So once you know it's there and it's not supporting the life you actually want, it's not helping you, then make that, make that decision to do something. And then what's the first thing to do? There's so There is so many different um uh, avenues you can go to but i think really is important is start to see how this is playing out in your life become really self-aware self-awareness is huge for me Mm -hmm. hence the mindfulness piece right become mindful so that you can separate yourself so you can create that space between your thoughts and your actions between your emotions and your reactivity between your actions and what you and yourself right creating that space is important so that you can start to see, oh shit, even if it's afterwards, even if it's after you do that thing, even if it's after you blow up anger, maybe it's after you, you know, said yes to something you wanted to say no to, saying, oh shoot, I did that thing again. Mm-hmm. And that awareness helps you close the gap, right? And then make it, and it makes it, uh, helps you make a new choice. But then to actually make those choices, it's hard to do on your own when when you've never learned about these things. So obviously is education, educating yourself, whether it's reading books, going online, Instagram, any, you know, any social media platform can find coaches, therapists, start to learn about these things um, for yourself so that you see the tools that you need to do to take the steps. And of course, therapy, coaching, all that men's groups, all that's going to support you. 
um, greatly to taking the steps forward. Um, but you have to be aware of what you're doing and make the des- decision to, to make a change. Um, and just be ready for that change not to be overnight. Right? We always want things to just happen like this. But just know this is a journey. But every step that you take, even small step, even like researching something, you're taking a step forward. And so just being open to that is really important for me. And then again, when you can when you can start making these shifts within you, everything outside starts to shift for the better. And it might not seem like it's for the better at first, but it will, right? Um, it, it will happen. It will come. All right. Thank you for that. And uh, last question I'll ask you before we close out, and this is unrelated to uh, what we were talking about before, No worries. but yeah. um, what would you say is the best piece of advice that someone has ever given you? Mm, that's a good one. That's a good one. Best piece of advice I was ever given. Huh. The one that pops up, maybe it's not the best, but the one that's coming up right now is that the old you has to die for the real you to come to life or to be born. That was so like, right. The old part of ourselves that's not supporting you. That has to die. It has to be relinquished, let go of. And that's the the journey of the transformation of the growth that we're talking about a lot in this, in this uh, interview is being able to let go of that old version of yourself to step into who you truly are. It's not really the new version of yourself. It is new because you haven't seen it. Others haven't seen it. But for me, it's getting to the core of who you are, right? Everything is covered up. Our authentic self, who you truly are as a man, as a human being, is in you. You're not really, the personal development is the wrong word. We're not developing anything. It's undeveloping. We're We're unlearning. We're removing the things that don't serve us, that are not true to us, so that who we truly are can come come forward. It sounds like uh, something I heard from Fight Club where he said self-improvement, that's not really a thing, but self-destruction, that's like where you actually make progress. It kind of reminded me of that. And when you said like personal undevelopment, it made me think, yeah, I guess you're right. You're breaking down who you knew yourself as, right? You're destroying that that old uh, person and then you're having to rebuild the new one from there. So it makes sense. Yeah, I like that personal undevelopment. That's the first time I heard someone say that. Yeah, it's we're not really developing. And if you're developing, you're just creating another part of yourself that's not true, really. Mm-hmm. Right? If you're trying to like um, shift your personality, no, your personality is not who you are. Your personality is a persona. It's a mask you've been wearing. We have to drop that personality and and, and step into who we truly are. We could be it. We are authentic. We are unique. Uh, sorry, when we are authentic, we are unique. It's not that we're going to be like everyone else, but there's something that's true to you that doesn't need you to um, follow what others say, do what others do. It's coming back to home. I always touch back here, my heart, my it's home for me, what's right for me and being able to live that truth. Um, and for me, it's just peeling off the layers. That's why, you know, my, the brand that I've, that I put together is the canvas within it's your, you have a masterpiece within you. 
there's a canvas, there's a piece of art, and you are that piece of art. Um, but we don't see that. We don't see that part of ourselves because we're covered, right? All these layers of all these paint strokes and all these stuff cover up who we are. And what we're doing in the undeveloping is removing the layers, one layer at a time, so that more of the actual canvas shows through. And that's you, right? You're the canvas. So, um, yeah, that's the name of the game for me. That is the name of the game for me. Hey, I love it. And I appreciate you sharing that. And uh, for the guys that are listening that would like to find you, uh, where should they go? Uh, right now, it's just my Instagram, Instagram page. So at the canvas within. I also have a page called at uh, the man within, which is like specific man, uh, the men's work. Um, so those two pages, but mainly the canvas within is the one that I'm actively using right now. Or you type in Kev Kevin Benavides. I'm on Facebook as well, uh, and soon my uh, I'm in the progress in the process of getting my website together. So that will be available soon. But right now, Instagram, Facebook, best way to get a hold of me. All right, thank you for that. So that pretty much wraps things up. Uh, pretty good episode. I love the interview. I love the topics that we talked about, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day, Kevin. You too, man. I appreciate it, and I enjoy the conversation as well, man. All right, thank you.